every gun control law is a red flag law. I mean, anyone who would try to take your guns away, well, that's a red flag, right? <laughs> Surprise! The usual communist suspects are trying to build a federal mental health registry to be used in conjunction with state red flag laws to strip the rights of current and former military personnel if they get a demerit for wearing a MAGA hat or doubting election results or something. And Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy wants to sneak gun control legislation for military servicemen and women into the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA. I am very, very sneaky, sir. And this week's 2A for Today Modern Militiaman Spotlight is on an armed husband and his very pregnant and also armed wife who teamed up to defend themselves in a shootout against two would-be robbers. As a result, the couple and their child on the way weren't injured. Nothing was stolen from them, and the only person shot was one of the robbers. I can't think of a better way to spice up a marriage than by taking out a bad guy. <laughs> Welcome to 2A for Today. I'm Zoe Warren. House Veterans Affairs Committee Chairman Mike Bost is locked, loaded, and ready to defend the God-given right to keep and bear arms of our military servicemen and women. He is also working to make it easier for them to take advantage of their VA benefits. On Tuesday, July 18th, he introduced the Veterans Second Amendment Protection Act, which according to House.gov, prohibits the federal government from unfairly scrutinizing veteran gun owners when the Department of Veterans Affairs appoints a professional to help them manage their benefits. The big concern is that VA officials are currently allowed to share certain information about veterans, such as mental health and financial issues, with the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, which is a federal database that can be used to decide if a person's particular person is eligible to purchase a firearm. So, Boss's bill would block VA officials from reporting this information, according to the Military Times. Put simply, the Veterans Second Amendment Protection Act requires the Department of Veterans Affairs to obtain an order of judicial authority, as opposed to just some willy-nilly statement from some VA official. And that will help, you know, have judicial review to determine whether or not an individual is a danger to himself or others in order to prevent that person from purchasing and transporting firearms. I wish more of the bureaucracy had their actions made subject to judicial review. To be honest with you, that would be something. Representative Boss is a Marine Corps veteran himself. Sir, yes, sir! Hurrah, devil dog. Representative Boss is intimately aware of how delicate an issue mental health in the military can be. What better way to prevent veterans from getting mental health and financial help than the threat that the details of their past emotional, financial, and mental health issues can and will be used against them? Plus, according to an article from 13 News Now, Boss pointed out that about 8,000 veterans were reported to the National Instant Criminal Background Check System last year. And many of these individuals weren't even reported because of criminal or mental health issues, but their financial shortcomings. The left, not willing to let any good tragedy go to waste, wants to justify their unconstitutional reach around by citing suicide statistics. The Department of Veterans Affairs put out a recent report showing that 71% of veteran suicide deaths were from a firearm, which is a 45% jump since 20, 2001. Ron Burke, Deputy Undersecretary for Oversight and Policy at the VA argues that Boss Second Amendment legislation addresses a non-existent problem since only 33 veterans last year appealed their fiduciary designation and only 12, fewer than half, had their status changed after review. So, in other words, we investigated ourselves and only a few dozen of the thousands of veterans that we violated complained about it. But Boss stood by his oath. Veterans should not be treated any differently than any other American citizen, even criminals. 
have to be convicted of a crime in a court of law before their names are reported to the system, he said. Due process is due process, and no unelected bureaucrat should be enabled to change an American status from one whose rights must be protected to one who does not at their discretion. The powers are separated for a reason, and this is an example. Another veteran, Mark Oliva, the Managing Director of Public Affairs for NSSF, just wrote an article expressing concerns for our military veterans' gun rights in regards to a separate piece of legislation sludging its way down the congressional sewage pipe. U.S. Senator Chris Murphy introduced a sneaky amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act. Sneaky, sneaky, sir. Murphy is a gun control zealot whose biography boasts that he pushed to expand background checks to purchase firearms following the 2012 Sandy Hook shooting. He's also been clamoring for more legislation and government spending on mental health. You all crazy? One thing that's completely absent from Murphy's biography, though, is any experience serving in the military, unlike Oliva and Representative Bost. In Oliva's article published July 19th on the NSS website titled Senator Chris Murphy Targets Military Gun Owners and Defense Bills, he examined Senator Murphy's amendment, which lays out several concerning restrictions for members of the Department of Defense. The amendment requires training as a prerequisite for anyone from the Department of Defense that wants to purchase a firearm for private ownership, which is ridiculous on its face. But where Senator Murphy starts to really go overboard is Congress dictating how firearms owned by military members are to be stored and the fact that firearms purchased by military members off base that aren't even used on a military installation must be registered. Murphy's amendment says that these firearms must be locked in the home with the ammunition stored separately, which openly violates the Heller decision, as the court stated, that it makes it impossible for citizens to use them for the core lawful purpose of self-defense. Regarding the amendment's requirements that other firearms purchased by military members for self-defense or recreational purposes that are never brought on base need to be registered, Oliva says that this is problematic because a base commander has the authority to prescribe regulations within the fence, but that authority ends at the front gate. Perhaps even more concerning, as Oliva explains, is that this amendment gives the defense secretary the right to collect all gun owner information for both military and civilian employees. Requirements like these, hidden in a must-pass bill like the NDAA, are furthering the interests of a national firearms registry. Oliva is concerned that if we start setting up these requirements for the military, the argument will be that if it's good enough for the military, it's good enough for everyone else. This isn't the only backdoor initiative that the government has attempted lately, and now they're trying to start a national firearms registry. We've been seeing this over the past year with the ATF's regulation on pistol braces, the ban on ghost guns without serial numbers, and their zero-tolerance policy crackdown on firearms dealers, which we've covered in previous episodes. And as far as supporting military veterans who struggle with mental health issues, pro-Second Amendment veterans such as Representative Boss believe that increasing trust in VA services is the solution. And that is what his Veterans Second Amendment Protection Act aims to do. Freedom is the cure. You're dead on. This is the largest experiment performed on human beings in the history of the world. The more you know. What they're doing is they're forcing vaccination on people. And I believe they are killing people with this vaccination. The freer you are. 
it's murder. They are basically murdering people in hospitals. The all-cause mortality we know is now higher in the vaccinated group than the unvaccinated group. Stay informed on the issues that affect freedom. Get a subscription to The New American today. TheNewAmerican.com And now, for our 2A for Today Modern Militia and Spotlight, another armed mother-to-be was approached by two robbers, but this woman and her husband were both armed. They were able to join together and fight off the attackers. It was about 5 p.m. on a Tuesday at a gas station in Houston, Texas. She was in her car. She saw two males get out of uh, two cars next to her that uh, had guns. They started approaching her car. She called her husband, who was in the store, and said that she thought she was about to be robbed. She took out her firearm and yelled out to her husband, who quickly came over and was prepared with his gun. What followed was a shootout. The couple managed to shoot and neutralize one of the robbers, while the other one unfortunately managed to escape. But we still get a happy ending, since the husband, wife, and baby were all unharmed. Initial investigations found that the gun-toting couple were acting in self-defense. The suspect was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and unlawful carry. This story not only demonstrates how important it is for law-abiding citizens to be trained, but also that two armed law-abiding citizens is better than one. The story could have turned out much differently, but since they both took responsibility to protect each other, they were able to secure themselves and their community. So while it's always good to be around someone else who's armed and educated, it's even better when all of the good guys have guns. That concludes our program. You've been watching 2A for today. My name is Zoe. Post your comments or your questions, and we'll try to address as many as we can as fast as we can in the coming weeks and months. Thank you for watching 2A for today.